Hello, my friend. Before we get into the Hairstylist Rising podcast, I have to tell you a secret. I just launched a brand new podcast called The Visionary Rising. You are going to love this new podcast if you're ready for beyond the basics marketing, business, mindset, and visibility for creative entrepreneurs, including hairstylists, educators, coaches, photographers, and online business owners. And Hairstylist Rising will remain a place where you can listen in on conversations with industry leaders, whereas the actual marketing and mindset lessons from yours truly will mostly exist over on the new show. So make sure you go follow wherever you're listening to this podcast. The Visionary Rising was born because I realized that although we come from similar backgrounds in terms of a lot of us being hairstylists, we need to stop seeing ourselves just as our job description and start seeing ourselves for who we truly are. In my community, I realized the thing we have in common isn't just the beauty industry. It's that we are visionaries, we are creatives with heart, we have so much purpose and a burning desire to make a huge impact. We want to build businesses that give us the lifestyles that we dream about and also start a ripple effect for our clients and communities. Now, here's the fun thing. I've actually created a bunch of bonus content for you, and all you have to do is hit subscribe on the Visionary Rising podcast over on your favorite podcast player and leave a rating so I can see what you think. Then just send me a DM and DM me a screenshot over on Instagram on the brand new page, The Visionary Rising, and we'll send your bonus goodies over. I am so excited for you to listen into this new show. We have just dropped three incredible episodes to celebrate our launch. So pause this, go check out The Visionary Rising, and we can get into today's episode. Hey there, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. In today's episode, we are switching things up a little bit, and I am actually going to be the guest today. So my friend Misty, host of Backroom Beauty Talks, will be hosting this episode and asking me five questions. Now, I'm recording this intro after the fact, but I didn't know any of these questions in advance, and you'll get to hear my somewhat awkward, <laughs> honest, and vulnerable answers in real time. Being vulnerable is not easy, and I realize that since a lot of Hairstylist Rising episodes involve me pushing you out of your comfort zone and promoting that you show up authentically, I decided that I should probably practice what I preach, even if it's a little bit uncomfortable. But before we dive in, this episode is brought to you by the Hairstylist Instagram Visibility Challenge. This incredible challenge is back. Last time we had hundreds of stylists increase their Instagram visibility and learn how to convert followers into clients and show up consistently with confidence. This challenge is totally free. It runs for three days and you will get short to the point videos delivered to your inbox every morning, as well as live coaching from me in our community Facebook group. I'm going to pop a registration link in the show notes so you can sign up. And without further ado, let's listen to this week's episode. You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here, we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. 
On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Hi there, friends. Welcome to the Hairstylist Rising. My name is Misty Jane, and I am the host of Backroom Beauty Talks. Today, I am interviewing the host of Hairstylist Rising, Jody Brown, as you heard in the intro. And we're doing this because we just kind of feel like we want our audiences to get to know us a little bit better. And what is the best way with five random questions that we do not know? <laughs> Jody, how are you doing today? I'm nervous. I'm excited. <laughs> Don't be nervous. Uh, so I found five questions that I thought were really good ones to get to know people. And I want you to elaborate as much as possible. Okay? okay. So you can't just say yes, no, you know, answer it and that's it. Like you've got to like explain yourself a little bit. And if you don't, I'm going to ask you more questions. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Do you want to get started? Yes. Let's okay. do it. Question number one, you're on a road trip and you get to pick the playlist. What are you jamming out to and why? Okay, this is such a good question. And I love this because I'm hugely into music. And I have like two really opposing favorite genres. So the first one is I like my number one favorite artist of all time is without a doubt, David Bowie. I'm (laughs) obsessed. Like I literally, I actually spent three hours going down the rabbit hole last night on the internet about like his life and all these things. My dad, so I'm originally from the UK. My dad was a seventies punk and like got to see (laughs) Bowie at the beginning. So I literally grew up listening to it. So I love seventies, like alt rock, I guess like glam rock ish. Um, not like your typical, I guess, mainstreamy things, but I love all Bowie. I love Fleetwood Mac rumors era. And yeah, I also kind of get into like the clash, those types of British seventies bands. So that would be the first part. And then the second half is I'm like a huge, super gangster as possible hip hop fan. Same. Same. <laughs> so that is like my jam. So yeah, that's, that's what I would awesome. listen to on a road trip. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes. I think I love, I, I was going to ask what's your favorite music, but I feel like that's too hard. Like, because yes. people don't like one kind of music anymore. No, <laughs> no totally. And you know, it's funny because I go through phases and I'd say for the past like several years or any time. Oh, and how did I forget this? Like the kind of music I actually listen to the most is probably reggaeton because when I had my son, all of a sudden, a lot of the things that I would typically listen to weren't exactly like appropriate for the ride to school. So I just started switching to like Spanish language hip hop because you know, then he can't understand it, can't repeat it, I can't get in trouble. <laughs> right. I love it. I listen to for some reason, like when the seasons change, I always mm-hmm. listen to Bougie Bantan, like when it's like summertime, and my son yeah. hates it. What is he even saying? <laughs> like he gets so mad at me. Okay, I love it. So question number two. 
What is your favorite book or movie and why does it speak to you? Ooh, that is so hard. Well, my favorite book, and anyone who has listened to this podcast before will know this, is You're a Badass by Jen Sincero. Yeah. (laughs) That is definitely the one that's changed my life the most. So I think that's why it's really impactful to me. And then I'm trying to think because I like I love all the it's really hard because I'm also such a huge if we're talking movies. Oh, can I say eight movies instead? So like the entire Harry Potter franchise. (laughs) Now, yes, but you have to explain why they speak to you, including. Okay. So, okay. So the book, the reason that it speaks to me is because like, and I think I may have told the story before, but not quite. So when I first, I bought You're a Badass when it first came out and I read the first page and I was like, this is bullshit. And I closed it and I put it down and I didn't look at it again. And then about five years later, I just had nothing to read. I'd already gotten through and I was like, Oh, like maybe, maybe this, like, maybe I'll give it another shot. And I sat down and I read it in like two or three days. I want to say it was like, I bombed through it super, super quickly. And it was just life changing. And the reason it spoke to me is because I was finally at a place where I could basically take responsibility for my own role in why I wasn't where I wanted to. And so, you know, being able to take ownership of that, being able to realize like, actually, no, you are in control of how you think you are in control of how you respond to the world and being able to really just, you know, lean into not being a victim anymore. I think that's why it really spoke to me because it was like, although it's quite woo and I know that we've talked about we're like the analytical woo. I don't think <laughs> so that book like, is woo woo though. I thought it was because it was very much about like, I mean, it's not woo woo now. I wouldn't consider it woo woo now, but where I was before, it was a huge departure, I guess. And, um, you know, even just like the studies that she references on the power of positive thinking, that was all quite new to me at the time. It was my first kind of foray into the personal development world, I guess. And yeah, I think that's why it speaks to me because it just gave me a totally new viewpoint and my life has changed in almost every way since reading it. So that's a really big one for me. That was my first like uh, self-help book that I finished. Yeah. Yeah. See, and it's like, I think it's because it's got that humor side to it too, right? Because when you first step your toe in, I think it can be a little bit alienating almost because sometimes there's like a whole bunch of different language that you just don't understand. Exactly. It's an easy read. It's easy to understand. Yeah. And she's sarcastic and funny. So that's totally my jam. Like I just got obsessed with her. And you're a badass at making money. I loved badass habits. That one was really good too. So that was, yeah, that's definitely there. Big magic was also another one for me that really resounded. So that's probably up there as well because that's by Elizabeth Gilbert. So she wrote eat, pray, love. Mm-hmm. Okay. And big magic's about, you know, being essentially it's about being a creative. And I think that that was something that really, really resounded with me as well, because a lot of us creative people, you know, 
we just have this burning desire to bring things into the world. And I love how she talked about that and how it really is magic. So that's another one too. So I, now, I, I feel like I really you like Harry Potter. Oh yes. Perfectly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it is. And I'm like a huge, like the only reason I said Harry Potter is because I think that was like, you know, the biggest first entry, but I'm a huge fan of fantasy like genre things. So like Game of Thrones, I'm obsessed with like Lord of the Rings, like all these like super, super, like not so much like superhero or sci-fi stuff. I like like old school traditional magic and fantasy. And I think it is that whole thing of when I first read Harry Potter, I think like one and even I was probably 11 or 12. And one of the first things that I thought of was this all came from someone's imagination, like, Mm. and just the complexity and the depth of, you know, the world that this person had created. I just thought it was so fascinating. And I think that's what draws me to you know, this, the fantasy genre so much is just, I have such an intense appreciation for creativity and, you know, people bringing their art and they're manifesting their dreams. And yeah, it was really, I guess it's also another thing I love about the Harry Potter movies. And I probably actually liked the books better, but when I think of movies, that's just kind of the first one I think of that escapism. And when you are someone who is, you know, hyper creative, or you're always thinking and you always have these ideas. Sometimes this is going to sound a little insane, but sometimes like your head can be a very busy place when you're constantly thinking. And so I love that aspect of reading and movies. It's it's that being able to be a part of like a different world almost, which I thought, I just find it really fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I have to read a fiction book at night before bed. Like I can't read a self-help book. Like I want to disappear in a story and not like think about anything important. (laughs) Yes, totally. That's, that's so true. Okay. Question number three. I feel like this one, I'm excited about this one, but I feel like this might be a little bit difficult. Okay. (laughs) What makes you unique? Oh, that is so hard. (laughs) Oh my God. Wow. Okay. I'm forcing you to be nice to yourself in public. (laughs) If you ask me about any of my friends, I could tell you instantly or my students, but you know, I don't know if this is what makes me, I mean, unique is such a hard word, right? Because, but I think I, (laughs) I very much invest in people. I don't know if that makes me unique because I know a lot of other, but I would say, you know, like when it comes to, and my mom even says this, she's like, when you were a little kid, if something would happen to your friends or if your friends would be going through something, like you would feel it like in your heart, like you would be as affected as if it were happening to you, which has been great and not so great. Obviously, I was going to say, I feel like there's pros and cons. (laughs) Absolutely. But I guess that's something I've always, I've always been able to really put myself in other people's shoes and, you know, see things from a different perspective, I guess. I don't know if that makes me unique. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely empathetic. I'm very visionary as well. And that's something that, 
you know, I guess is a little bit different. And I didn't realize it was different. I thought everyone always had these big ideas about how, you know, could impact things and create and just constantly, you know, be thinking. But as I've gotten older and as I've talked to more people, I've realized that that's also kind of a unique quality as well. So that is the hardest question I've ever been asked. (laughs) Yay, that was my goal. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Are you ready for the next one? I am ready. This one might be a little harder. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) What is one thing people misunderstand about you the most? Oh, my goodness. And in your defense, I don't even know how I would answer this question for myself. So... (laughs) Something that could potentially, I'm totally just speculating here, but because I'm in the social media and marketing world, I guess that people may assume that everything that I put out on social media is all there is to me, maybe. And, you know, I'm actually, surprisingly, I like to share and I talk about my life, but it's hard for me. It's really, really difficult. And not because I don't want to let people in, but just because. I am so invested in the world around me and the people around me and helping them to grow. I think that sometimes I struggle to share that and being such a like forward facing, I have a podcast, I'm really active on social. And maybe I think from an outside perspective, people could think that what is at the surface level is possibly like all that's there, you know? Right. Like they just think that like you're confident all the time. Yes, that could definitely be something. And yeah, like that I'm confident all the time that like being on social media is something that's really easy for me. And that's why I teach it. And like, you know, being authentic is really easy for me. And in reality, it's something that I've had to really work at, like really a lot, even as recent as I'd say 18 months ago, I couldn't hop on an Instagram story without being in full makeup and like lashes, like everything, because I wasn't that confident. And, you know, getting into my 30s has definitely helped. But but yeah, I think that would probably be the thing that people misunderstand the most is that I just am like, out there loving putting my life on Instagram and like I love to share and now that I've built a community and there's that reciprocity it's definitely much much easier but I still struggle time to time yeah yeah I feel you on that I I would probably answer that very similarly <laughs> right. so I have the fifth question but I do have a bonus question because I do want to okay, know perfect so question number five what is your biggest regret And this could be anything. This could be work, life, anything. Oh, this is actually not that hard for me. Uh, My biggest regret is letting other people's opinions and comfort zones hold me back for as long as it did. I definitely... I felt called to like, you know, share and start something and create for, I mean, as long as I can remember, I think that's (laughs) evident throughout this, but you know, just little comments like, oh, you need to have, like, I remember even hearing, and and this is always from people who mean well, right? Most of the time, I'd say half the time and then half the time it's not, but like, you know, even things like it's too risky to start your own business. It's too risky to do this. Like you need to create something that's, you know, like stable or whatever that means. I'm for anyone, obviously you can't see the video. I'm doing air quotes because I think that's (laughs) an illusion. And honestly, the events of the past year or 
I guess, two and a half years now, I think that it ripped away any illusion of safety or security in my job and allowed me to you know, like start thinking about what I actually want and how I can actually be of service and make an impact in the world. So yeah, biggest regret, not trusting my gut sooner, not believing in myself sooner. I love that. I saw a meme recently that was, it was talking about like people who own their own business and and the quote unquote risk and then having a, like a boss and like, you don't know if you're going to get fired. You don't know if you're going to get laid off. You don't know if that business is going under, like you have less control almost (laughs) than you do with your own business. I totally, I totally agree with that. And you know, it's interesting because once you start to, and I'm not saying everyone should own their own business because there's no, 1, I don't, it's not for everyone. Like, no, period. And <laughs> if I'm not sugarcoating or saying it's all, all perfect all the time. But what I will say is that, you know, I think it's Don Bradley, who's my first ever business coach actually said this is like, your beliefs are a compass and they point you in the direction of what you believe is possible. So the way that I interpret that is like, you don't know what you don't know. And if you've never seen someone do something, if you've never seen it done, it can be really hard to believe that you're the person that can do it. Right. So, you know, I think that that's the thing is like, now I feel so much less fear when it comes to career because I'm like, I'll land on my feet. Like, you know, if something changed tomorrow, if Instagram shut down tomorrow, I can figure out a way to help people still. I can figure out a way to, you know, be of service and grow my business still. And when I was behind the chair, it was kind of like before and not, this isn't because I was behind the chair, but it's because of my belief system. I would have thought, oh, well, if my salon closes, that's it. Like I'll be destitute. I'll be, you know, like there's no, <laughs> there's like there no isn't way. Like a salon on every you. corner. <laughs> yes, totally. So I think, you know, it's just that shift is is really, is really powerful. Yeah, I love that. All right, you have a, you're ready for your bonus question? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. What are your top three fears? My top three fears. Okay, this might take a minute, and this is a really good question. Okay, this is really different than the the answer would have been a, a long time ago, but like I think one of my biggest fears is like not realizing my potential. Mm. So, you know, like not and I would have said 3 years ago that my biggest fear was the fear of failure, and it's mm. nowhere near even close anymore. So, well, my biggest failure. fear Exactly. Exactly. Right. So my biggest fear is like not having the confidence to try something. And then yeah, one actually is like gross, creepy, crawly. Like I don't like spiders, snake. I have a new fear of scorpions now that I read a news article about like this Egyptian town flooding and all these scorpions flooding in. Wait, what? Yeah. Did you see that? So there was this flood, I guess. I want to say, I think it was Egypt. I'm 99% sure. And because the waters rose, all of a sudden the town was just like overrun with scorpions. People were getting hospitalized. A few people like even got like fatally sick because of like being stung by the poison. And it was crazy. So yeah, anything like that, is a huge fear. I'm terrified of bugs. (laughs) We got really deep and then not so deep. Right. That's okay. I mean, the the fear one, that's why I like the fear one. Cause I was like, this could go 
three different ways, <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> it's so funny too, because like, I think it, it shows you a lot about a person, right? Because I'm all of a sudden like, you know, maybe you ask someone who's like, who would just think, take it at surface level. And then I'm always like, Ooh, like, let me dig deep. Let me go so deep on this. It <laughs> was funny. In yeah. So when I was picking <laughs> out these questions, I was like, in my mind, I was like, if I was asking myself these questions, like what would I say, you know? And yeah. like the three fears one, it, you're right. I went from like really dark to like, yeah. I like have a fear of falling down the stairs. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> All right. I'm well, scared of heights too. So there is a bonus one for you. Oh, there you go. <laughs> this was fun. This was fun. I am so excited to ask you your questions on your podcast. I cannot wait for this. <laughs> I feel like we should start a game show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. I think the co-host thing would work really well for us, actually. Yes, I totally, <laughs> totally agree. Okay. So... We have done our five questions. Mm-hmm. You got to know Jody a little bit more. And yeah, I don't know how to close it out. So <laughs> we will, I'm going to close it out by saying I'm also going to put the link because Misty has so graciously been your host for today. I am going to be hopping onto Misty's podcast, Backroom Beauty Talks, and asking her all the questions. So I'm going to pop the link in the show notes so that you can check out Backroom Beauty Talks and get a deeper glimpse onto into Misty as well. Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.